What did you have for breakfast this morning? I, uh, at this late stage in my life, had never drank coffee. You're speaking to a non-coffee drinker, so... The, well, Tim, then, okay, so hopefully this, <laughs> this can kick off our podcast, okay? I think this will be of interest universally. So, I was you, my friend. I was you. I made it through all of life without drinking coffee, and this year decided that I would just start drinking coffee. So to answer your question, coffee is what I had for breakfast this morning. Uh, and coffee has changed my life. Let me just say that. <laughs> Hi, I'm Tim. Welcome to We're Only Human a podcast of stories of ordinary people welcoming change into their life. Sometimes that change is our own doing. Sometimes that change barrels into our lives, whether we like it or not. This isn't a three-minute interview that you see on your favorite late-night talk show. We're going deep here. We're going deep into who we are and how we grow. And we're often asking questions that my guests have not been asked before. The goal is simple. We can learn from each other. We're not perfect. We're not alone. We're only human. Today, I'm joined by Todd Carey. He's a son, husband, a father, and a brother. He's also a Billboard chart-topping and iTunes Top 20 singer and songwriter. He's toured nationally, performed with artists like Fall Out Boy, Train, John Mayer, Jason Mraz, Andy Grammer. Um, and I didn't know this. You also co-wrote uh, Megan Trainer's song, 3AM, which is sort of random, I feel like, but um, an amazing accomplishment. Um, you know, to you're always writing your own stuff to to write something for somebody else. That must have felt kind of cool. Absolutely, yeah. But what I was going to ask you was, well, my hunch is, did the coffee come from the kid? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, yes. And I only say that because I have two kids of my own, but they have not driven me to coffee. But that's just because I refuse. Wow. But. Okay. So yeah, I can probably learn from you then if you. Uh... If you're on to kid number maybe, two and you still haven't crossed the coffee threshold. I'm just weird. That's all. <laughs> well, you know, I this is like a universal interesting subject because I was like that guy. I was you. I, I did not drink coffee. I made it this entire this entire way. <laughs> Let's just put it yeah. that way. That's the way I'm looking at it at this point, this journey, this creative journey that we're going to talk about. I made it without coffee. And, you know, it was to the point I was telling a friend last night, it was to the point, I was like a crazy tea drinker. Do you drink tea, Tim? I have basically only when I'm sick, I've tried mm -hmm. it, but like not like okay. a regular day-to-day -day thing. So you're just, you're, you're, you just don't do the caffeine thing. I'm basically no caffeine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's basically it. So I, I think I I was not anti-caffeine, but I was um I just didn't like coffee. So I had taken tea. You know, I started doing tea, and uh, that was kind of like my substitute. You know, as as a writer, as a touring artist, as you know that that extra little push always. Sure. You know, sure. Um, and it, I was getting to the point where I was carrying like these bags of like powdered pure black tea on tour, and like just it was like were you dependent on it? That's my fear. I, was, is I, I don't want to be de dependent on it. Yeah, I, and so now I see what you're getting at totally. And 
you know, after and and to like to kind of take that into my realm, I, I so get that, you know, and and I think caffeine is uh caffeine is kind of like the endorsed dependence of our society. It's the one that everybody agrees on. That's you a know good way I mean? to put it. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a great way to put it. A thousand percent. So you know, after again being a being a musician, being a touring artist, and all of the vices that 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 life can entail, and I'm not going to say that I, I necessarily fell into a lot of that, but that was kind of the one thing that I really allowed myself to fall, you know, to to use was like caffeine, um, and I, and it was in the form of tea, and I was getting to the point kind of to bring it around where it was like. The purest, strongest, like it was just disgusting. Like I was making it so strong that it wasn't <laughs> like a, no one would call it tea. You know what I mean? It was just it pure. Just be- became coffee or yeah, pure caffeine. Yeah, I'm, I'm censoring the, what I'm like be- essentially calling that tea. And, um, I just made the, I, finally people around me like, why aren't you drinking, co-? like, that, why aren't you drinking coffee? You know? So. This year I started and yeah, to bring it back around, it was, it was the kid all the way. And I was just ready. I, I loved the, I wanted the ritual. I loved the, the tea was the ritual and I wanted the ritual. So now I'm, now I'm firmly in the coffee camp. And again, to answer your sound, your sound check question, what did you have for breakfast? Coffee. That's, <laughs> that's where I'm at. Oh, I love it. It's funny. Yeah. Cause when you said that, I was like, he had a kid recently. I, that, that seems like a pretty, suitable cause to transfer or to tra- transition into coffee drinking. <laughs> mhm. That was that was it. I love it. Um you had uh, a banner year in 2019. I mean, you got married, you had your daughter uh who is 14 months now and uh, 2020 now is one hell of a year in all sorts of different ways. Um but I have so many questions about about 2019, but um, I guess my first question there is, what was that like? You are someone. So we met back in. Uh, I don't actually. I don't know if we ever officially met, but we met via email on the internet back in 2006. You were working on watching, waiting, and then you had another album years later. I mean, you were this. You are this person who put so much time and energy and perseverance year after year after year to building this career to then get married and have a child in one year. And I'm sure you had the relationship prior to that, but like that has to have an impact on everything you've built. And I don't mean that in a negative way, but I mean, your priorities have now had to shift. I imagine has that been the case? Oh yeah. I mean, a thousand percent. And I have to say, and thanks by the way, for like kind of, digging into like what's been going on with me and kind of following the journey. But yeah, I mean, you know, that type of sea change would impact anybody, anywhere, anyhow, you know, and for me, it's, it's, you know, it it was kind of like I was cruising through outer space in a spaceship at like light speed only looking ahead and only focusing on what I do. And then all of a sudden, Hey, there's like a world around me. There's like a life that isn't just this, just music, just playing the guitar, just writing songs, just playing shows, just 
tweeting my fans 24 hours a day or responding to Facebook messages or post, you know, creating the next piece of content or writing the next song or all of the things that were my 110% focus for 12 years. You, you talk about 2006. I mean, I think that this trajectory started around that time, 2005, probably. And that's a really long time. Yep. I mean, did it feel good to then all of a sudden realize my life now has more, I mean, more people in it, obviously, but it has, <laughs> you know, there's more, I hate saying there's more to it because it's not like you didn't realize that before, but I, I mean, did that feel good or was that like unsettling where you're like, well, wait a second, I just put 15 years in, I want to keep going, but now I have a different, you know, perspective and I'm not sure how I feel about that. Like, what what was that kind of like for you? I, you just, you have such a legacy in my mind here and, and you're building a different legacy now, you know, a different, it's evolved. Yeah. That's a really good way to put it, Tim. And thanks, man. Again, uh, you know, it, it's really, uh, it's gratifying to talk to someone who's kind of, you know, you're tracking it. So I appreciate that. And, you know, obviously I'm living it. So I'm like, I'm, you know, uh, three years ago, four years ago, I started meditating and it changed, like it changed everything for me. It changed my entire life. And, you know, I'm not like a super religious person. Um, although I believe, I believe in what religion brings to people. I'm, I'm, but I am spiritual, and what that did for me was realize that uh, the reins that I was holding, and if, you know, on my career and this legacy you're talking about, were both helping and hurting at the same time. And as soon as I kind of started to breathe, I mean, that's what meditation is. Just as soon as I just started to breathe, essentially. I felt like I was, I had like woken up. I started breathing. And when I did that, I realized that, um, being open and allowing things to happen to me was better than trying to dictate them all the time, all the time. I'm not saying that, you know, you can't do that. And that's important when you're running a business and a career. Yeah. Did you feel like you weren't being open in, in, the, the years prior, like you felt I think like I you... just wasn't awake. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like living from my unconscious, but not knowing it. And I think that when you, when you discover something like meditation or breathing or religion or spirituality or whatever, something that is like a little deeper, you, um, you start to realize that there's, you don't have control necessarily and in, in a good way, <laughs> not in a bad, not in like a, yeah. and so I think what you're asking to bring it back to your question is like, um, you know, how did this sudden kind of like what externally looks like a rapid, you like a, like dog leg left turn. Yeah. You're, you're a 15 year overnight success, right? <laughs> I love it. That's, that's fantastic. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll say that on a personal level because that's where I'm at now is like, you know, if I'm able to do this and make music and have, 
having be able to have a creative outlet the way you have your podcast and, and do this and make that my focus and then have my my life my wife my daughter my family that to me is like success and i didn't realize that before you know and that's fine i think that everyone comes to things in their own time but something just happened i think which is what you're getting at in the last three or four years where I just woke up and realized that um, I, I could achieve what I had set out to achieve. Uh, achieve. It, it, it was different than it looked from the beginning. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if that's like up, too obtuse, but it evolved and then it felt like I arrived, which is what I think you're referring to that, that change in the last three years, again, which is like a personal kind of settling, meeting someone, having a child, um, having a life, a, a, again, to get back to that like analogy of being in a spaceship going like a thousand light years, all of a sudden having something that wasn't just that was what made it, what's now making it work and work better than it ever worked before for me. And it's of all a very complicated way of saying like finding personal fulfillment and a life outside of your profession essentially was the answer for me, you know, or at least is right now. It's such everything's an evolving process. Always, we could have be having a, um, uh, you know, I I don't foresee that changing, but we could be having a different conversation in twenty years as far as like people's priorities and and whatever. Sure, but uh, yeah. I mean, I do hear what you're saying. There's that fear of like everything you're building is all of a sudden being changed. But for me, it was like it all got like elevated and lifted, you know. And of course, I think I think what you're driving at is, of course, there was fear. There was definitely fear, you know. I I think that was like baked into the question a little bit was like, you know, um, or maybe I'm just interpreting that way, which which is like... No, I think that's a fair... I, I don't know if I was thinking fear directly, but now that you bring it up, I, I probably was. But yeah, I was thinking just... And again, not not in a negative way, but just like, you know, like I said, being a father of two myself, I mean, it's a significant life change. It doesn't matter what you're doing in life. Correct. It's a significant change. Yes. And for what you were doing... It's the antithesis of, yeah, of most yeah. people's interpretation of what I do. Yeah, and, yeah. I, I hate putting it that way, but it's just like you said, you're putting I mean, your if all you into this. You think like musician, you think like this kind of maverick, you know, and not like a family guy necessarily. Yeah, I mean, on the road all the time. Right. Yeah. I think that. I think that there's an evolution happening. There's an evolution happening. I think you know. I'll, I'll just speak to music because that's like what I do. But the last. Things have have nichified, you know what I'm, I, I that's I, like I don't that know if that's phrase. a word. It that's is a, now. Yeah. I love it. Awesome. Let's create that <laughs> nichified. You know, there's no Michael Jackson. Oh, that's a bad. We're not going to talk about Michael Jackson on this podcast. Let's talk about like the Beatles or Elvis Presley, where the center point of a of a cultural phenomenon. It's it's going to be hard to achieve that again, where everything where something can be that big in music. Right, because because of our nichified universe, everyone's living in their silo via social media, via the news you consume, via the type of music that Spotify is serving you. 
as opposed to the guy next door. And what that has allowed in a positive way is less sacrifice to to satisfy the mass. Whereas like you can do your thing and be successful on your terms, right? And um instead of having to sacrifice your life to 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 have this creative success, I think that now people are able to have a fuller life and create their art and have people hear it, support it and be successful because of like the new tools that have been given to us via technology, via the culture, via nichification, nichification. Another one. We got two new words. I love awesome. This. Great. <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I, I guess, you know, that's like the most roundabout way I could ever answer that question. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that. It's basically the world we live in today makes different lifestyles. Bo- I mean, you don't have to have the traditional rock star lifestyle. Yeah. To be you don't have anymore. to be, I, I don't know why I keeps thinking, you know, I'm trying to think of like a more modern example than like Michael Jackson. <laughs> but like someone who's so huge, yeah. but you can only be that big because it's literally all the only thing you do. You are nothing besides that. Yeah. I, I, did you watch the Taylor Swift documentary? Taylor yes. Swift comes to mind. Uh, she's... No, the Netflix one. Yeah. No, I want to. We, I love Taylor Swift. Um, Me too. And now we play lover. I hadn't, it's weird about, um, we hadn't really gotten into lover and now we play it every day here. Like we're so behind everybody else, but <laughs> But yeah, the same way. of course, you know, I mean, sh- yeah. And in, in, in that documentary, um, a large part of it is about how she just felt this the need to get the approval of everyone and how, when she became self-aware of that, mm-hmm. you know, how, how that kind of helped her, but just, you, you know, like the lifestyle she was leading or maybe still is leading, you know, she just realized like, why does she care so much about mm-hmm. Yeah, these people. I, I have a weird, a weird reaction to that uh, that I'm gonna probably regret, but I'm just gonna go off on this tangent. The oh, the Taylor Swift from 1989 is a different and more successful Taylor Swift from Lover and Reputation, because that Taylor Swift from 89 and Red was playing the old game, and was able to like saturate everywhere and everybody. And this new Taylor Swift, this self-aware and like not caring as much is creating more niche-based art that less people are hearing. And I hate to say this, but it's just, it's not as omnipresent. I'm sorry, but it's great, you know, and if you're into it, you're into it, but it's not, it's not, I mean, does everybody know any of those songs off Lover or the last two? I don't think so. Whereas, like, maybe not as many. You're right. I mean, her 1989 album conscious, was. She made a conscious decision to go in in yeah. in the direction she wanted, and the result is. And I, I'm championing this direction. I'm championing this direction. This is, you know. So yeah, I think that's a great example. You know. Speaking of Taylor Swift, she is someone who. You know, you think about like Michael Jackson or Madonna or anyone from back in the day where there weren't these social media channels. Taylor Swift is all over the social media channels. She has connected with her fans in a way that only this day and age could provide. You do the same thing, though. I mean, you are on everything. And you are... I was looking 
Todd, you have YouTube videos where you're responding to the YouTube comments. I yeah. was bl- I was blown away. This was like a couple months ago too, yeah. so this isn't like years ago. And I, I love how you're saying, yeah, you're like, yeah, why wouldn't I? And it's so funny because, I mean, well, first of all, the time there's only so much time in a day, but that's that, true, and th- it yeah. has changed a little bit. You're right. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you have a daughter now, but mm-hmm. that kind of commitment. And also, speaking of your daughter and your wife, I'm watching the one music video about your wedding. And the song about your wedding is oh, so beautiful. But th- that's your wife in there, I assume, right? Yeah. So so she's on, in this video, she's on your social media. She's a part of this story, your mm-hmm. story, mm-hmm. that you have chosen to share with the world. I imagine she had a say in that. Like, what is that like? Because, you know, if I think about, you know, you're this, you know, you're a Taylor Swift of the world, but you have a family who is a part, you know, you seem to be a pretty open person who's connecting genuinely with people um was that something where you like sat down with your wife and said like hey this is kind of what i do or did she you know when you met she understood this is what i'm getting into it's a great question tim i mean no one has ever asked me this stuff and i love it so i'm you're going so deep this is awesome and yeah let me let me let me dive into that i love that question so this is something that is evolving for us you know, and and it's something that I think about regularly, and and um, when when I started making that transition, I think the period that you're talking about, maybe like three years ago or four years ago, where I was starting to realize that I could have a life outside of my career and my music and engaging with my audience. I was very adamant about keeping it separate at the beginning of like, for example, when I met my wife or when I started to have this personal sea change of, you know, I I talked about meditation and just having an awareness that I didn't have complete control of everything all the time. (laughs) Which is a big deal to finally realize that I'm, I'm you saying that now, I still struggle with it. Like I, I refuse to believe it. <laughs> I, it's always an ongoing. It's yeah. no one ever has yeah. it fully. And I don't, nobody does. It's, it's a practice just like any religion, any medita. It's, it's, it's a daily, a thousand times a day concept where you're just always working on it. And you, you, um, it's, it's a struggle that will go on forever. You know, there's going to be periods of weeks where I'm trying to control and, you know, there is a certain benefit to that professionally. Um, but I find that I'm the most happy and the most successful when I don't grip the reins so tightly, both personally and professionally. So circling back around to like being private versus, you know, public, um, when I first kind of had this like personal um, transition, let's call it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trans, yeah. I like it. Um, I was very careful about it being separate. Like the person, my wife, not my now wife, um, I didn't throw her into it. Like it, we, I was making music, I was putting out content and she wasn't part of it. And... Um, I just wanted to get the foundation like privately with her and I for I think two years 
maybe even before she ever made an appearance on any of my social media. Um, because of what you of what you pinpointed, I had been building this thing for so long, and I wanted to make sure she wanted to be part of it and that it worked, you know, for what people expected of me, you know, because then maybe I can make that decision where my private life was private and my public life. I was just waiting to see kind of what would happen and I wasn't forcing it. I was just waiting, you know, and it's just, here's the answer finally to your question. It evolved completely naturally. So she would just start to kind of maybe come into the frame because we were hanging, you know, and then, yeah, yeah. and then it was like, you know, and then we were, you know, then we were two years deep in our relationship and then we were engaged and that was like maybe broadcasted. And then, you know, we were getting married and then we were having a baby and each step along the way, it was never like, it was never like, um, and this may be the opposite of kind of what I'm talking about, but it was never like, throw it up for Instagram. It was like, is this okay? (laughs) You know, like, (laughs) is it weird if like I put my newborn daughter on the internet and I know everybody does it, but it's still, it's still something that we think about and consider. And we were just having this discussion. My parents, I'm here uh, in the Unabobber cabin, as you and I talked about before we, I'm in the middle of the North Woods of Wisconsin, and I've, I've been here with my my wife and daughter for six, seven weeks, right? My parents just arrived, and uh, we were just talking about this. It's like, are you manipulating what you do by, like, putting your daughter up there or putting your wife there or opening your personal life to this audience, right? And I think because... A, I'm aware of it, and and B, I'm I'm constantly checking with her. You know, is does this feel weird to have our daughter up on these channels and these video, whatever? You know, um, and she's told she, my wife loves it. You know, and she's not even a very like public person. Um, and my daughter is emerging as this like super outgoing little baby. Like she's she just Aww. took her first steps today. <laughs> Oh my like, I swear I'll, I'll send you these, this video. Um, yeah, it's, she just, I mean, that's, that's her energy. So, you know, and I've had people ask me it close family, not my parent, but being like, Oh, I don't know if I, I like what you're doing with your daughter. And like, as far as like putting her online and, and the whole deal. So the, this is the longest ever answer to your question, but like, we're very aware of it, extremely aware of it. And we, we're, consistently evaluating it as it happens so like if well, it starts to feel a, there's no go, wrong answer here like there, you, the, yeah but the but then you know again i th- there is that concern where it's like are you you know are you giving away too much of your personal life are you know and i think that given kind of what i was telling you about with like my own transformation it's like there's when you start to, you know, um, breathe, let's just call it breathe. I, I keep, I hate coming back to meditate, but like breathe or be religious or spiritual. Um, I'm present enough where I'm, um, trying to, uh, giving away some of that is okay for me because I'm not like always in it. 
the, the fear is that you're giving away too much and you're not actually living your life. I'm filming this moment of her walking for my audience as opposed to my baby, as opposed to being there when my baby is walking, you know, and that uh, yeah. there's that temptation, I think. And I, I, I don't think I'm alone, but I don't think a lot of people are talking about this, you know? Um, so it's the awareness and, and being present and living life and then, and then maybe giving, giving some of it for people to see as opposed to living it for that purpose. Does that make any sense? Oh, absolutely. Okay. And I think there's also an element for you, considering your position, you know, having built this career and some notoriety and an audience, there's an opportunity for you for whatever you're comfortable with to connect with others. I mean, that's what you're doing, right? You're building this connection, this human connection that, I mean, cynics might say, well, it's going to benefit you. You'll be able to sell more music because people are going to feel more connected to you. That's true. And I mean, fine. But to me, it's more about if your mission is to make people happy and create a positive impact on this world and you're comfortable showing us your daughter's first steps that's going to connect and make a positive impact on the world, right? Like nothing negative is going to come out of that uh, other than any safety and security concerns you have, right? Like um, as you continue to grow notoriety, you know, maybe, you know, you eventually pull back or something. But uh, so I think, you know, as an outsider looking in, just the way you connect with your fans, and I hate even calling them fans because then it sounds like everyone's, we're all standing around worshiping you. And I don't think that's, that's not, it's like a community. You get it so much. I, it's so yeah. weird. I have a problem with that word too. But I mean, I use it as I kind of, as I go on and just realize it's pretentious to not. But like, yeah, cont- I'm sorry, I'm interrupting, but yes. No, no, I mean, <laughs> I should be the one not well, interrupting yes, you. Yes, I do. It's weird. I feel that when I say it, I'm like, no, these are like not necessarily fat. It's something bigger than that, you know? Yeah, yeah. I really think you are building more of a, you know, a, a community. Like I said, you're replying to YouTube comments. You did this tour. Was it in 2018, the Sail Into Summer Tour, where you were... Pl- I don't remember how many shows you did, but you're playing shows inside you know, your fan. We use the word fans, but inside your fans' homes. I mean, that's a community, right? Like, you, I watched this video, which, total tangent here, but you released, uh, we're recording this in June, a couple weeks ago, you released this quarantine video of you and I don't know, a bunch of maybe your band or fellow musicians playing Walking in Memphis. And I was like crying. But I was ah, watching thanks. this YouTube video while I was preparing for this interview. I've, I think the same gentleman, you two were in someone's yard on the yes. Salem of Summer Tour playing that's Walking correct. in Memphis. And I'm watching this, Todd, and I'm like, who does this? Only the person who truly is here to connect with the community. Like, I hope to God you're making money off your music. I mean, with Spotify, you know, I threw you a penny before we started here. I Thank listened you. to one of your songs. But <laughs> but I know, I know, I can say this. I just feel it. Like, even if you weren't making money, you know, back when you were starting, I'm sure you weren't. You would be doing this. You would be going to your community's homes anyway and playing Walking in Memphis because you just want to see that connection. I'm so glad, Tim, thank you. I'm so glad you brought that up because that that's like the other piece of this conversation we're having is like going to people's houses and playing music. It's so like a part of me now that I like don't even think about it. It's like not even weird. Like when you, <laughs> <laughs> when you just started like going into that, cause I've like done press on that. Like I've gone on national TV and talked about like playing in people's backyards and like, it's like, that 
if people like if if I if people are having me on a show to talk about it, it's obviously like unusual. But at this point, I'm like, of course, like it's so normal to me now. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, that's what we do. We and yes, we totally. I think that in the summer of 2018, we did 40, 40 pri- like 40. We were calling we're calling them house parties. We would go to people's houses and play. And I love it. it was like the best thing I ever did. And, and we continued to do it. We did it in 17. We did it in 18. We did less last year because I was just like not touring. And of course this year I had like 40 up. I was, we were going to do it again and we actually are going to go out and start playing some, believe it or not. Um, but yeah, I mean, to me, that was like the other best thing I ever surrendered, surrendered to. You know, like, I think I keep coming back to that, which is like, you have this idea of how it's going to be, and then it's different. And then if you don't resist, and you just uh, like try things and allow it to happen, it ends up like creating this incredible thing that I never could have imagined, which is what you're referring to, which is like, I'm, I'm at these people's houses, and we're creating these lifelong friendships. And they're like, they're just, they're a daily presence in my life as far as like support and friendship and, um, our, you know, artistic support musically. It's, it's been, it's been a trip, man. <laughs> I'll just say that it's been a trip. Yeah. It's such an intimate gesture too. I mean, it's very intimate to have you in my home and for me to, you know, for you to see my home and me to invite you into my home and play a show and gather, you know, my closest friends and whoever is a fan. And I mean, that's such an intimate thing for you to, to offer and to participate in that, you know, I, I just think that speaks to, like I said, I, I love that. Like that to me, that's such a sign, a signal of who you are and what you're creating here, where it's, it's bigger than, Oh, I almost said it's bigger than just music, but that's blasphemy. I mean, music is the most powerful thing we have here. It's it, it's bigger than than traditional stage fan relationships. Like you are creating something bigger here than traditional performance. I guess you use the word community, and you just nailed it right back there. You know, that's that's it. And uh, you know, the bands that I adore, the music that I adore is so has. The music exists in a much bigger context than the music. Like I love the Grateful Dead, for example. And the music is incredible. It's like some of the most groundbreaking music on the face of the planet, which is lost in, um, it's lost in the imagery of like hippies and drugs and the whole thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but what the music is incredible and groundbreaking, and people sometimes people don't realize that it's like really forward pushing and it still is like a living breathing thing after it ended 30 years ago. It's crazy, but the music is only one element of that situation. You know, um, it's like almost a life. it's a lifestyle. And to me, having fallen in love with that music and then there are other examples of there's other there are other examples of that type of thing happening that aren't the grateful dead that aren't like hippies and it's music existing in a much bigger context and to me that's what's attractive and exciting it's not just the song and the the perform like you said the stage audience thing like to me that's like not very interesting (laughs) you know what i mean (laughs) um it's great you know but um yeah, I'm just so much more interested in like it being bigger than the music. 
And so that's that's been my first real progress. The house the house party thing that you're talking about. That's been my first real progress besides the crazy um engaging via all of those mediums, you know, and then putting my family out there, even though that's a, that's a weird way to put it. But, um, the house, the house party thing has been to me, you hear about musicians doing house concerts and party, but we do it in a way that I have, I'm not familiar with anybody else having done that. What we, what we've done and what we do, you know, I, I would agree with that. The video I watched, I remember it was, oh gosh, I had a band in high school and me and nice. my buddies, yeah, we're what do you playing. Play? I play guitar. And uh, sing too? That's debatable. Nice. But <laughs> as, it's been a while. But hey. I remember in high school, we were playing, it was in my parents' backyard. It was one of our graduation parties. I don't know if it was mine, my brother, my sister, but, and, you know, family was there or whatever. But when I watched this video of you and your colleague playing in someone's yard, Walking in his Memphis. Name, I'm just going to throw his name out there. He's the best dude ever. His name's Rodney Flood. He's my drummer and like great he's friend. Drummer, and Rodney Flood. Yeah, he's incredible. He has a great, incredible great voice, singer. Todd, yeah, we have he to also just has a great voice. Give a huge shout out to yes, Rodney Flood. Please. We'll make sure he hears this. Yeah. <laughs> but, I'm sorry. Continue. No, I was just going to say when I saw that, I had a flashback to kind of that. I, I don't remember that graduation party, you know, perfectly, but, and not to suggest that you're doing like a lo-fi performance here, but I just, it felt like that. It felt like you were just in someone's yard. You were their friend yep, and you were all hanging out, playing music. Like you don't need the pyrotechnics. You don't need the video wall. You don't need the crazy lights. You just need the people, the fresh air, the music and the connection that that's all creating. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm giving you just praise after praise here. Cause well, thank you. <laughs> I, I, man, I appreciate it. It's, it's, Thanks for like, you know, familiarizing yourself with, with what I've been, I've been up to. It means a lot to me, Tim. And yeah, I mean, that is just doing that has been, it's just been, it's something that, that happened or completely organically, not something we ever planned. And it has connected me, like you said, in a way with the audience that I never could have planned or, um, contrived like i i couldn't have been like like in connecting with an audience like i was like all right i want these this audience to support me forever like i never could have planned that method of (laughs) it just happened and it's worked to the point where like now we're friends with these people for real like on a different level you know like isn't it funny how like the the things you could never plan mm mm-hmm or premeditate end up being like the most powerful it speaks it goes back to what you're saying about you know things you can't control sometimes those are the you know things you never think about or i firmly believe i'll stand by what i said earlier is that whole thing came out of like my earlier view probably well i i've always been really open like when i met you in 07 or 08 i'm sure i would have done that i just no one wanted no one cared enough to like have us at their house even (laughs) you know what i mean (laughs) but uh yeah, I think that everyone has their vision of how they're going to do their career and make their art and make their music or whatever. And that definitely was not part of the original vision. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and just, again, being being aware enough to be open to it. And then when it started happening, um, intuitive, of an, intuitive enough to follow it and really just like we tripled down on it. 
tripled down on it. Did 40. I said, oh, 18 was like, we did 40 in the US and then maybe 15 in the UK, which is insane. You were talking earlier about, um, you know, things you don't have control over and, and becoming aware of that and kind of letting it ride, like being content with that. I noticed um, at the end of, I think it was the end of 2018, you created a Kickstarter to help finance your new album, like basically directly asking your community to support your album, which you had never done before. And in the video that you put on Kickstarter, they make you put a video, you sort of you know, said like, I've never done this. I've never really wanted to feel like I'm putting my hand out or having to ask you for help. But you know, I think now is as good a time as any. Did you... I'm someone who only recently realized the power of asking others for help and you know accepting that and understanding how it affects them and are you someone that similarly like was not a fan of asking other I mean this is a pretty big example of that but I, I I sensed a little trace of maybe I wonder if Todd also like me is not a fan of asking others for help like we could do this we got this yeah great question totally Tim um yeah I uh and that's why I didn't do it for so long as I'm a people pleaser and I always, I'm trying to deliver for, for people always. So, um, yeah, I, I, my, my whole thing is always like serve it, like serve and create value for people, both in my like private life and my personal life and my musical life. Um, and it was always like show up and just like deliver, you know? Um, sure. Sure. So Yeah. I, I absolutely had reservations. That's what stopped me from doing it. And um, yeah, so that, again, that took that took kind of getting over that for that project to, and, you know, I, I did mention it in there because I thought it was honest, you know, to, to just say, hey, look, you know. It looks like you more than exceeded your, your financial goal, at least for what you had the Kickstarter set up as. So like, what, what happened after this? Like, did it change your view of like, oh, maybe it's okay to ask my community to get, you know, for, for help, so to speak, or did it shift your perspective at all? I think so, man. I think that, um, I think that especially now in June, 2020, you know, at the height of a pandemic where people are broadcasting out of their, their homes now, as opposed to throwing events, that there, the scenario, the the landscape is radically different than when I made that video in 2018, and you know you you'll see really established, successful performers. I'm not just saying even musicians, performers going on and doing their show and asking for help. You know, so I think that it's actually now it is like um, it's the word I'm looking for normalized completely normalized and kickstarter has been a uh, kickstarter has been around for a long time so people immediately get it when you do a kickstarter even in 2018 but yeah i hadn't and and i think it's exactly what you're saying was like that's that wasn't me and i still don't necessarily feel like it is me but it was almost like again surrendering like do the stage dive and see if your audience like catches you when you fall <laughs> And it was like, that was a good a time as any. I was 10 years in to this thing. And it was like, if this doesn't work, then like each time I test it, I'm just like, should I be doing this? And then I test it. And then the answer has come back. Yes. And like, that was a good example, you know? 
Yeah, absolutely. So uh, if you're like thinking of doing something like that or trying to get over that barrier, um, I'd, I'd recommend it because, you know, I was hesitant and I was lucky enough to have people there help, you know? Oh, and it must have been reassuring too and, you know, kind of solidifying like this community does support me. We are connected. Like everything I'm building here and what we're creating together is real. Like they're, you know, if if you had posted that and then, you know, everyone kind of laughed and, you know, threw in a dime or something and you got nothing out of it. I met, you know, not that that would ever happen, but I imagine you would have been like, well, wait a second. Like what, you know, like theoretically, if, if, if we're really connected here, like if we are friends hanging at each other's houses, the one time I asked for help, I would imagine they would say yes. And they, they did with, you know, flying colors here. So totally. And, um, you know, I think that I, I was very aware of that. It was like, Hey, if this doesn't work, then I need to rethink what I'm doing in general. So you put yourself I, out there. I mean, true I, yeah. vulnerability there. Yeah. And I've always been, I have, I I've had a block with the thing that you're saying, which I think it's, it sounds like you have a similar thing in your personality. And truthfully, I don't think that that's a bad thing. I think we're like that and it's a strength. It can be a strength. You know what I mean? And it is, a, I think it comes from a necessity of like having to deliver on your own and not ask for help. Um, but I also like, I like taking risks like, uh, artistically, like on, really on stage, I think is where I'm like the most risky. People think of me as like a really safe pop artist, but like, you know, I mentioned like the music I'm into, like I started with the great and like study jazz. And like, I like doing crazy on stage, whatever, you know, like, and I think that that occasionally and should more often transfer into everything else I do. And that was an example of it, which was like betting the farm on that was like, Hey, if this doesn't work, then like I should be rethinking this. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's scary as hell, but I, but I it was also I think it's safe also in that way where, yeah, it was just like, if, if this doesn't, then, you know, it's also like, it's, it's telling me something definitively, you know? Yeah. What would you be doing if you weren't? I, I was reading somewhere that. Question. I mean, you grew up on on the the North Shore of Chicago, which is a, a pretty great uh, area. There's oh some beautiful homes up there, but um, I was reading somewhere that you were bussing tables at one point back in the day on the North Side, and it sounds like you you learned quite a bit about people from that experience. Yeah, I worked at a coffee shop, uh, and <laughs> man, you really did some research. I love it. I, I worked at a coffee shop that was, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what I took out of that, truthfully. Like, that didn't really have, like, a super formative impact on me. Um, I think it just, I think it was one of the things that taught me that I wanted to be my own boss. You know what I'm saying? Sure, like, sure. Yeah. I, I didn't want, I wanted to, I didn't want people telling me what to do. <laughs> <laughs> It's a perfectly, you know, yeah. understandable thing to, to That's want. That's maybe and, what I took away. And yeah. and I've always been like a people service oriented person, so that I didn't I I couldn't learn that from waiting tables or or service at a coffee shop. Like I feel like that was baked in to me already. You know what I mean? Like I'm you felt like there was really nothing for you to kind of get out of this. Yeah, like no, that, no growth to be had. I wish I could tell a cool story on like how that like helped for me, <laughs> but like it did, it didn't. <laughs> you know, 
<laughs> so sometimes those those types of things, like it's it's all these points along the line, right? Yeah. Like each individual point might not be significant in itself, but until you have enough points, then you can make a line. So you know. Without that experience, who knows? Maybe there would have been other points along the way that. So true, Tim. Yeah. And, you know, everything affects affects you in ways that you don't even understand. And I think I, I think that did have an impact, maybe in a way that I don't know. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I, in that, it was just like, don't, like, you got to make this other thing work. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. Maybe it pushed you in the direction that yeah. you ended up going in. Was your, your dad a pretty big influence on you as a like definitely in terms of like your interest in music, it sounds like he kind of turned you on to music in general. And then some of the bands you're talking about, I'm curious, like I said, it sounds like there was a pretty strong relationship there. I'm sure that hopefully still is. Um, yeah. He just, he literally just opened the door while we got cut off because like, he was oh. like, Hey, the internet's down. Like we're just so like to this day, you know, tonight, like my daughter took her first steps, like into his arms, you know, like we're just oh. so close, so close. I'm wondering now. You've now you've become a dad. Do yeah. You, do you think about that now? Like you think about the influence your dad had on you, especially with what has become an integral part of your life, music. Do you think about um, you know the impact you'll be able to have on your daughter's life? Yeah, I mean, so much. And I mean, the first thing is that I've been like, honestly, just lucky and and you know musicians and 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 performers and people who do what we do have obviously been dramatically and negatively impacted by the pandemic and what's going on you know like i i mentioned before that i think i had 30 or 40 summer things on the books and yeah again kind of getting back to our earlier discussion of like once i just learned to like surrender there was like maybe 2 weeks as it was all going down where I was like losing a little sleep about it. And then I just was like, you know what? Like one day I woke up and I was like, I need to breathe. <laughs> I'm, I sound like a, like a guru on your podcast, but I need to like take a beat and, and see that this is really happening. And what is the good that's going to come out of this? And it's so screamingly obvious to me. Like I'm here this summer with my daughter, like all day, every day. And it's, it's an opportunity that I never would have had. I would have been gone this entire time. I mean, not gone. I, I had built it. So I was like gone to be specific on weekends and then coming back. Right. Sure. But yeah, time away. Yeah. A yeah. lot of it. Right. Even though I'd been very careful to build time home in ways that many people that what I do, are unable to. And that was part of this kind of thing we were talking about earlier, the way I'd built these private concerts. I was able to work with my supporters to go and then come back and be with my family and go and come back. Um, but that break that, that would have broken this incredible rhythm that we have going here with my daughter who is, you know, 15 months who is like, speaking more every day, walking more of it. Like it's getting good now and I'm here for it. And this is, this is something that I will never get again ever, you know, like I, you know, I hope we have more kids and like, I just, I hope I, I get this opportunity with my next, but I don't know. And 
yeah, I I got it. I got it from my parents, who are like the best parents ever. My dad is incredible. And you were talking about like music. I wanted to like go back to that with what he gave me. Sure. He wasn't just like he gave me like highbrow. Like I mean, he's not a musician, but he like listens to like heavy jazz and like heavy classical and like gave me that thing that I never would have found ever. Like I would have just been into the Grateful Dead or pop or whatever. And he got me into like Coltrane and like, you know, modern classical music and, but, and also the Beatles, you know, and well-rounded. Yeah. Like he, he, but he'll like, he downloads like a Rihanna song. Like he's, (laughs) you know, so I, I got that from him and he's incredible. Yeah. And and how to be, they taught me how to be, you know, they they taught me how, that family is really, 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 really important. And I only realized it lately, <laughs> recently. <laughs> it's funny how that is. I, I, I feel know. the same way. Like, I, I don't know what it is. These things happen in life that just, kind of how you were talking about, you know, maybe three, four years ago, you had that kind of awakening. Oh, I love awakening. I love that way of thinking about it. But you just all of a sudden, maybe it's a day, it's a week, it's over a month, a year, all of a sudden, you look back and it feels like, oh, yeah, that was a big awakening. And it's, I don't know, I, I've been, I'm not a religious person, but I, there's something big out there. I mean, you look up at the sky and the only question I have for the aliens is not, do they exist, but is there technology behind or ahead of us? That's all I want to know. <laughs> but I, I'm a believe like there's the universe does things to us. Like I'm, I don't know if it's astrology or I'm not in any of that, but like, I just, you know, you you are, I started this podcast cause I had an awakening. I, I love that term now, Todd. I'm just going to steal it if you don't mind, <laughs> but it, it's so, I don't know if I'm, seeking people out but every single person i talk to in this podcast there's some sort of awakening happening and like listening to your story here i feel so connected because i'm like i know exactly what he's talking about like it's, i love it it's probably happened differently for him and it happened over a different time period and people but like i know what you're talking about so it's just i don't know i just marvel at that how how the universe somehow does that to us in a good way well thanks i mean i think if we're aware people as we go through, we should be growing. I mean, if you're not, then what are you, what are we doing? Amen. <laughs> what are we doing? Amen. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I'm a big fan. My mantra is, as long as we're better today than we were yesterday, it doesn't matter how much. I like as that. long as we're better than we are yesterday, we're on the right path. And then, you know, things are good. I like that. Although sometimes I feel like I regress and that's okay. As long as you're like aware and like, it's almost like, if you look at it as almost a bigger arc, like I, I'm starting to look at things in like a very long, I think that was the other kind of thing that happened around that time I'm talking about, which is like, this is, even though it was always a long haul, like this is a longer haul than even you, the me, when I say you, even, even I realize. Yeah. Yeah. It often but yes, that way. exactly what you're saying. I mean, as, as long as you're moving forward, Yes. You know, and there there won't be there will be times when you're not, but for sure, if you're aware of it, you're still moving forward because you're aware. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, I think that's. I'm glad you bring up that piece of it. Being aware is such a key part of the progress. It's progress, right? And you can only make progress if you're aware of what's happening. Because otherwise, I mean, 
you know, I've, I've been in the, so many different scenes, but the tech and startup scene at one point, and, you know, there's all this talk about failure and, you know, failure is good. Failure is okay. It's all true. As long as you understand how to be aware and learn from failure, like that's the key part, right? Otherwise failure is actually terrible because if you you fail every day and never learn from it, then you're not doing yourself any good. I like that. I like that a lot. Todd, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. And we had all sorts of technical difficulties um, on, you know, all of our ends. And I'm so sorry for that, but no, no worries. Uh, I think it was all on my end. So, um, thank man, you. I, this I, has I, been I, fantastic. Yeah. This, it's so, it's, um, you know, it's a pleasure to be able to, to talk to you and especially, you know, someone who knows kind of, the, you know, the history, the way you do, I appreciate it. And one last thing I'll say before, you know, thank you for, for kind of wrapping this up here, but, um, the website that we built when I started, had this incredible feature and I don't know if you remember this and this I promised that we would get to this so here we are it was <laughs> I think it was called the loop center I can't remember exactly what it was called but it was a section of the website where you would go tell me if I'm ringing any bells here this is my memory um and cuz when I started I was making zero money and had zero shows so what I would do is I built this entire show where I was doing it myself. I was looping, which is now a very, very common thing to do. Sure. But I sure. was at, in 2006, there were only a few people doing it. So I would loop, I would sing something and it would like play back and create a beat. And then I would play guitar and it would create a, a loop and then play bass and whatever. We create, we virtually recreated that on our web, my first website where you would go and there was a picture of me and like all my stuff was like laid out. Is this ringing any bells? I I have a vague memory of this now. As you're okay. talking about I'm gonna it, I'm going to keep going. So, yeah. and then on the floor were these pedals and stuff. Like it was just a photo, right? And you would click something like my guitar, and it would play a loop, right? <laughs> yeah. And then you would click another thing like uh, the bass or a percussion, and it would it would loop along with it, and you could build you could like build a song on this section of my website, which I have never seen since. Like that was so ahead and so cool. And we kept it for a really, really long time. Like it was cool, man. And I thought about that. Like even before I think you reached out recently, I was like, that was so ridiculously cool. Like, so, you know, it's so funny because when I reached out, like you, you mentioned earlier that you have like, you never forget people and you remember everyone in the journey. I'm the same way. Like I, my memory for those kinds of things is great. So I remembered everything. Like I went back to the emails to look and stuff. Cause I was just curious, oh, awesome. but like, but I remembered, you know, just that, cause that was also the beginning of like, I just got out of college beginning of like my professional career, the real world. Um, so I remember all of that. And when I was reaching out to you and I thought, God, I would love to talk to Todd on the podcast. I thought, you know, I wrote the email. I made sure I'm like, all right, I'll try and let him like, you know, be like, okay, I, I'm Tim and this is how I know you. And, but I'm going to assume like he probably, he's, he's done a lot in the last 15 years. He's not going to remember me. I, it made me so, you know, it was so nice to hear you earlier say like, oh no, I remember all that. Cause I honestly, not that I, you know, you're not a bad person, but I just thought you, you've come so far in your career and your journey that I thought, my God, you know, you're not going to remember that web developer guy that worked with you from, you know, however many years ago. So, hey, man, when you're building, thanks for remembering me, (laughs) Tim. Thank you so much. And when you're building a fireman, anyone who comes along and like helps put some 
kindling on that fire or gas, you remember. At least I do. So, you know, I love thank that. you. Yes. Thank you so much. This has been so awesome. I cannot wait to share this with the world. Really looking forward, man. Thank you again for having me. Thanks for listening to We're Only Human. Before you go, I would love to know what you had for breakfast this morning. Just send me an email, tim at we'reonlyhumanpodcast.com, and let me know what you had for breakfast this morning. Thanks.